1: Hey, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Scott and Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Greg, how are we doing?
2: I'm doing well. You know what I wonder, having watched that our sequence many times, I wonder how many people get a hankering for a dill pickle <laughs> when they're watching this show, right? <laughs> right. That is what that is, right? That's what uh, is being packaged up, I think, is pickles, right?
1: You know? I've I've looked at that a thousand times and evidently I haven't looked at it as closely as you have. So I will be it's expecting It's like today. That.
2: I saw it for the first time. I know, right?
1: <laughs> All right. So, Hey folks, on today's show, we're diving into not pickles, that's the pickle show maybe is next week, but we're diving into the immense value of integrated data. And if your that's
2: operation right. hasn't unleashed its power, then you're missing out big time. Is that right, Greg? Totally. In this day and age, you have to be talking to other organizations of par- other parts of your own organization, you have to be sharing information. And that's really what we're, we're going to talk about today and what you can do with it and the hindrances you have without it. That's right. That is
1: right. Big show lined up. We've got a great panel, Nate, Greg, and Shannon will be joining us here momentarily. So Greg, we're going to dive right in. Let's say hello to a few folks and then we're going to dive right in. All right. So yeah. let's see. Hey, we're talking data and technology and supply chain, of course. Kavan's going to be here with us, right? Thank goodness. Right. <laughs> so, Kavon, welcome in. I don't want him and, to miss one. <laughs> and he's tuned in via Facebook today. Oftentimes, I think Kavon tunes in via LinkedIn. But folks, you know, Facebook, the Facebook live stream app is easy to work with. So, Kavon, great to have you here. Todd Elliott, he's thinking of a burger. So, you, you mentioned pickles. Okay,
2: All right. So... <laughs> I'm a grilled onions, dill pickle, and mustard burger person. So, not yes, yes. We're trying to turn this into a food show, but
1: But I'll have one of each of those. Let's do it, man. So, Todd, thanks for making us hungry around here. Ada Damola, great to have you back from Hull via LinkedIn. She's been a part of of a variety of live streams here. And Greg, she's been bringing some uh, hard hitting POV lately, huh?
2: Yeah, no doubt.
1: Libby, of course. Libby, hope this finds you well. Tuned in via LinkedIn. Appreciate all of your good work. Tempest is back with us from Dallas, Fort Worth. Tempest, who, Greg? You remember the connection, who she's named after?
2: It's not Tempest Bledsoe, is it? Yes, yes. Oh, it is. Tempest uh, it Bledsoe. Is? Oh, that's right. Oh, right. We went through that on a buzz, I think. That's right. right? It's been a yeah. little while, but Tempest, welcome.
1: Yeah. And we look forward to your perspective throughout. A great show here today. Uh, T squared, I mean, that's right. T squared, who holds down the fort force on YouTube, is tuned in. As said earlier, data is the soup of the day every day. I love, <laughs> I love that man. Okay, you know, sometimes folks, if your comment shows up like this, it just means you've got a privacy setting on your LinkedIn profile. You can check that out. But hello to this user tuned in via LinkedIn from Israel. Great to have you here today. And just so. We know what we're talking about. Tempest is confirming that Cosby Show throwback, one of my favorite shows, especially the, of course the episode. Uh, Greg, if you remember, when they played the Ray, it, they lip-synced to the Ray Charles song for their grandparents. One of the best episodes in history, for sure.
2: I'm gonna have to go back to that.
1: Okay, yeah, check that out. What the roll of footage? And, and this it's gotta is, be on
2: YouTube, right? <laughs> everything is.
1: Yes, and by the way, this is Eldad. Eldad, great to see you here via LinkedIn. Okay. Well, Greg, with no further ado, we've got a hard hitting panel here today. You
2: ready? Yeah. Yeah. Out. We've been talking a lot of data. Let's do it some more.
1: <laughs> well, hey, folks, you're not, not going to want to miss this conversation here. We've got three folks, three pros that know, been there, done that. And you're going to walk away with, with probably 17 pages of notes So let's welcome in Greg Cornette, Director, Corporate Logistics with Flair Flexible Packaging Corporation, and Shannon Valancourt, President and Founder with Rate Links, and his colleague Nate Endicott, Senior Vice President, Global Sales and Alliances. Hey, 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 Shannon, Nate, Greg, how are we doing?
3: Good Good to see you,
1: Greg. Full house today, right? (laughs) That's right. Beats three of a con uh, every single day. (laughs) Great to have uh, have you with us, Shannon, Nate, and Greg. So, folks, we're going to have a little bit of fun on the front end. We're going to get to integrated data and a ton of insights there from this, this powerful panel we have assembled here. But let's have a little fun first, because, Greg, did you know,
2: Greg White, it is National
1: Superhero Day? I
2: did know that. Yes, because you told me. So... <laughs> Well, you know, we, we tend to do that a little bit around here. So what I yeah. want to say, and, and we're going
1: to start with Greg Cornett. So Greg, you're going to be our Otis Nixon leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. And the question here, before we get to the heavy lifting, is who is your favorite superhero of all
0: time? So I really enjoy the Marvel movies, but I'm going to go old school. So I'm going to go back to the early 2000s, uh, TV show Alias, and I'm going to pick Sydney Bristow. And uh, if anybody's ever watched that series, a uh, very intelligent uh, actress, uh, full of action, uh, to the point that unfortunately I have two boys, but one of them was going to be named Sydney. if they were have a So that's my superhero I'm picking.
1: Love it. Okay. I'll,
0: I'll, yeah, it,
1: it is a good one, Greg. And and it's also kind of non-traditional, so I love that. And so folks in the cheap seats and the skyboxes whatever we're referring to it as today, we'd love to hear your input on your favorite superhero. Uh, and again, welcome here today. Okay. Greg, I want let's go let's go with uh Shannon Valancourt next. So Shannon, your favorite superhero?
4: Boy, that's a good one. I'd say I'm probably more of a Batman type of fan. I grew up in Chicago watching that all the time on WGN, just kind of, I love Batman. There's just yep. something about him, probably because he's just a real person has no real superhero. You know, he has no, no real skill. Right. Other than, you know, the stuff that he kind of creates and all that. So it's kind of, I don't know. I've just been a big, big Batman fan my whole life.
1: I'm with you and uh, Greg white. We've talked before about that 1989 version. Of course, when you got Jack Nicholson playing Man, Joker, yeah. I mean, if there's not a better uh, casting selection, right, right, Greg?
2: Yeah, no kidding. I th- I think some of the some of the additional characters in Batman have become iconic as well. <clears throat> Even the Batman TV show, right. right? That you're talking about, Shannon?
4: Yep.
2: Cesar Romero, yeah. <laughs> played Joker, and
1: the the future Rocky <laughs> trainer. I can't remember his name. You're talking about uh, Penguin? Who was that? Who played Rocky's – well, I'm sure someone will come
2: knows. I'm sure T-squared knows. <laughs>
1: okay. Come through for uh, – Burgess Meredith. Burgess, Burgess Meredith. There you go. Okay. That's right. All right. So we're all big Batman fans as well. And then Nate, our cleanup hitter today. And, Greg, I'm going to ask you too. But, Nate, your favorite superhero. Who is it?
3: Man, I just never believed in someone being able to shoot, you know, spider webs out of their hands. <laughs> so I was a big Hulk fan love seeing him turn green and get after it. But uh, yes. to me, that was more realistic than you know,
2: flying. And we, you wouldn't like to see Nate when he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to the punch, Greg
1: White. But hey, we can all relate, especially these challenging times. And by the way, going back to Batman, there's lots of jokers in global industry and global supply chain. So, all right. So we've got Sydney, we've got Batman, we've got Hulk, and then Greg White, your favorite superhero?
2: well i mean since we're talking about the appropriate and integrated use of data i'm going to go with iron man i mean who who utilized data more effectively than iron man that's uh, right you know just a regular guy just your average billionaire in a suit so, <laughs> and if anyone doubts that elon musk is is building himself an actual iron man suit i think you're i think you're going to be surprised
1: <laughs> well you know in the movie i I never read the Iron Man comic books, but man, Morton, I think is plays Downey Jr. Yes. He is so good in that role. Perfect uh, for the role. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Okay. Scott Boudreaux says, maybe not a superhero, but a cartoon character. Inspector Gadget, an ultimate warehouse worker. Hey, <laughs> I love that, Scott. Let's see. Jose. Welcome back, Jose. I think Jose's in Atlanta. He was with us last week via LinkedIn. Yeah. Superman. I'm with you, Jose. Those Christopher Reeve. Superman movies were iconic and, and a formative part of my upbringing.
2: Gone way too Wild soon. But, Clark Kent by day and oh yeah, into so, a phone booth. <laughs> yes. Was, oh my gosh, how would Superman change these days? No phone booth.
1: <laughs> well, so Greg, Shannon, Nate, and Greg, two Gregs today. One last thing about Superman, because in, in one of those movies, it's either the first or second one. You know, Superman loses powers as Clark Kent, and he goes to a diner, gets beat up by somebody. And then near the end of the movie, he goes back in after he's regained all of his Superman powers and beats up that guy. Right. And the whole restaurant is looking at him and he goes, I've been pushes his glasses up, working out. And it is so it is such a perfect scene. And of course, Christopher Reeves was perfect for it. But anyway, I digress. We could talk about superheroes the rest of the day. We've got some heavy hitting supply chain tech data conversations uh, to be had ademola says currently watching smallville superman all day that's a great series yeah. so speaking of superman shannon valancourt superman of supply chain tech hey you like that segue <laughs> we want to talk about integrated data and so we've got we've got a lot of expertise in this panel here between two gregs nate and shannon but before we get into you know some of y'all's experiences i want to level set and kind of define what we're talking about when we say integrated data. So Shannon, let's start there.
4: I think, I mean, I keep it pretty simple. I'd say integrated data is really just having all your information in one spot. So I think the challenge is thinking about it from the perspective of what is the topic that you're trying to capture? You know, so is the data that you have fit for its intended purpose? So if it is, you've probably got integrated data and that's where you're just pulling together all the different pieces. That way, in one spot, you have the full picture. And mm. I think that's where I kind of you know always look at it and say, do we have integrated data? And it's like, well, do we have everything in one spot that that answers all the questions that we possibly could be asking ourselves about this given topic? Mm. And it's like, that's, that's my litmus test for
2: uh, integrated data.
1: Love that, Greg White. What'd you hear there?
2: Well, I think we have to capture so much. We do capture so much data these days, and, and there is yet more to capture. But I think making good use of that, to, you know, is what's critical. As Shannon says, centralizing it, putting it in a place, a repository where it's accessible, and then accessing it for the right purposes. I feel like I need to say access again, but there I did it. (laughs) Using it for the right purposes, but I think also using it as a connection mechanism between departments, between people, between companies, right? That is so available and so important. And, you know, I don't know if everybody knows what Nate and Shannon do at Rate Links, but it's a big part of what they do, connecting shippers to the transportation markets and and beyond, of course. And we're gonna hear some more about that, but right. I think the biggest power is between enterprises these days is is driving data back and forth.
1: Ton of opportunity, you can't just collect it, you gotta act on it and get returns and results. So, and I'm gonna circle around to Greg C and Nate in just a second, but Shannon, one additional follow-up question then we'll get other folks take is, once you have integrated data, talk about some of the potential opportunities.
4: Well, I think, you know, we- Think about your daily life everything that you do all day every day as you make decisions right and in order to do that you have to collect all the information all the data and you're integrating it together in your head to make the decision you know the old adage you know two heads are better than one it's like well yes but all the information still has to get into one head for that decision to be made and i think that's where people maybe miss, misunderstand what to do with all this stuff. So Mm. so that's where you know, what can you do with integrated data? I think you can make uh, better decisions. Because everybody makes decisions all day long, You Just can make better ones. And I think you can also make them faster uh, when you've got integrated data. And that's what I think is really the bottom line is, when you have that, you're just making decisions much faster, much more confidently And i think that's where you're getting the better results
1: so excellent point shannon Uh, better and faster man it's like getting your cake and eating it too greg cornett i want to bring you in of course with flair flexible packaging he's doing some really cool things out there when you think about integrated data and opportunities associated there what comes to your mind greg
0: i'm very similar to what shannon was saying the term i use is one point of truth so taking multiple disparate systems bringing them in similar formats, um, similar way of uh, collecting the data and putting it into a usable format. So I know personally in my career, we spend a lot of time uh, pulling information from multiple sources and then trying to format them, align them all. So if you have them all in one system, it's efficient. Um, And it's also uh, much more proactive uh, for the organization. So it's one place to get that truth.
1: Love that. All right, Dan, I'm coming to you next, but before I do, Thank you, T-Squared. That Superman moment was Superman, too. I appreciate that. John Perry, favorite superheroes besides Scott Luton, You're too kind. Spider-Man. And you need a good spotty sense in supply chain these days. Very true. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Aaron Peterson. Hey, Aaron, great to see you. Shannon, if you remember when we we met together in person out in Arizona a couple years ago, I also sat down same day with Aaron Peterson, who's doing some big things in supply chain. He says, once you have integrated data, you have easy available, fast connections between data stores Better customer and partner experience also. Excellent point. And finally, uh, T-Squared says integrated data equals critical and consistent data pieces at the right place, at the right time, from the right picture to make the right decision. Man, very eloquent there. And clean data, he says. That's wishful thinking. Okay. So, Nate, when you think of integrated data, same question, but what's your take? The opportunities abound, right?
3: Absolutely. I mean, from an integrated data standpoint and go to that last one where, you know, data quality, wishful thinking. I, mean, I think that's the, the piece that I think enterprises are finally waving their hand or waving the white flag and saying, hey, we surrender," where they're not built for that data quality piece. But when you have integrated data and you have systems integrated together, um, there are data quality engines and cleansing engines that can be ran that actually give you of good data. So uh, I think, uh, as one customer said, man, uh, we were starving. We we had data, but we're starving for intelligence. How do you turn that integrated data into insights so that you don't have to become data miners and data quality experts <laughs> Instead, you can react uh, very proactively and go do maybe what data is telling you to do or at least have opportunities inside that you can take to the business uh, versus spending a ton of manual efforts on finding that, man, we spent three months on this exercise or two weeks on this exercise and try to ask a question or answer a question that c Levels asking me and I don't have the answer or I'm giving them the wrong results.
1: Mm. Excellent. A lot of truth in what Nate just shared. Greg White, before we go on to truth and consequences, I want to give, uh, Greg, what, what mm-hmm. was, <laughs> What was the most important thing you heard there from nate greg and shannon
2: well i think that it's the it's that we have to capture data right first of all some of some of what shannon said is a lot of data still remains in people's heads and with the great generational change that's going on in in the workforce we have to capture that knowledge and we have to impart that knowledge to the technologies that we have and you know to the point that everyone has made it's it's not it's, it's faster decisions, it's better decisions, and it's also more consistent decisions because that data from three years ago, uh, you know, <clears throat> assuming that the situation doesn't change substantially, can inform a decision for the next decade, right? If it's something that, is, that happens frequently, the thing we have to remember is that humans might react to that, that input totally differently depending on their situation, but technology reacts to that input consistently. Right. So if we, you know, if the sun comes up, technology reacts the same sun comes up. I think we all know we don't all react the same every day.
1: <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't Greg. All right. So a lot of good stuff there. And Shannon, I'm coming to you next with, as we start to talk about consequences, but before we do, Kavan says, I think features are more critical than instances, observations rather. In supply chains, we do not share enough data on features with partners Excellent point, uh, Kavan. Okay, so Shannon, we were talking about truth earlier. Now we're going to talk about consequences. Um, what are the con- consequences in your mind, Shannon, of not using an integrated data approach?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, I think it's pretty simple. In, in business, money is lost. It's very simple. You know, when I was uh, in college, you know, with you know, getting an engineering degree, electrical engineering degree, a professor sat me down, my advisor, and he's like, you know, you know, there's two things that happen out in the real world when you get a real job. He's like, either people die or money is lost. Mm. He said, you're going to have one of those jobs. And he said, I'll give you a hint. The ones where money is lost is a lot easier than where people die. Mm. And I mean, that's, that's the consequence. Right now, we're in the business of money is lost. Um, so if you don't have integrated data, you're losing money. Now, mm. the good news is... If you don't have integrated data, you probably aren't aware of it.
2: (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what I was just
4: thinking, Shannon. It's one of those those things, careful what you wish You're blissfully
2: ignorant, right?
4: It's like, yeah, is it okay? Would it be, is it better to not know? Uh, Or is it better
1: to know? (laughs) We're having our matrix moment here. Uh, But Shannon, very eloquent, going back to your earlier point, you know, because sometimes when the stakes are, you know, not what they could be, you know, we don't even know how good we have it. Greg Cornette, I want to bring you in on consequences. What else would you add here?
0: Poor decisions, and and it's especially in the last two and a half years, it's not easy to dig yourself out of those poor decisions. So mm. you know, when, I, when I look at it, you know, I talk to my team and to my partners, it's okay to make mistakes. If you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard, but you can't keep making the same one over and over again. And I, and I think data really ties into that. And that becomes our, our baselines and our metrics for how we do things together in our partnerships.
1: Yep. You know, it's almost like uh, what I'm here and Nate, I'm coming to you next. It's almost like we're voluntarily adding blinders. And we may not even know we're opting and putting those on every day uh, or constraints by not using an integrated data approach. Uh, Nate, when it comes to consequences, what else would you add?
3: Well, if you don't have it, it's hard to hold people accountable. But I think that accountability word is a uh, big piece of you know, having integrated data too, because to deliver on your initiatives, you know, you need to hold yourself accountable. When you have integrated data, you're now accountable to the organization and there's things that the data's going to present itself to go out and achieve, but it also helps. But I'd say accountability, lack of accountability would be one.
1: Yep. Excellent point, Nate. Greg White, accountability is of course crucial in you know maximizing the art of the possible and execution when it comes to global supply chain. but What else would you add or what, what would you reiterate from our panel here?
2: Well, I mean, aside from the loss of money, which I think is ultimately what we're all speaking to here, every one of these lack of accountability or lack of knowing or inability to understand the problem, every one of those goes to the bottom line. Uh, but I think that one of the things that really jumps out at me from, you know, from the rest of your, you all sharing here is we don't know what we don't know in a lot of cases. And, and that's because if you think about it, we have four generations in the workforce today. One generation grew up making decisions because they just know, or, you know, they didn't have spreadsheets, right? So they, they didn't have any kind of technology to help them. And it was completely up to them to keep it in their mind or keep it on a piece of paper. can't even imagine what that must have been like to track all of these things so in a lot of cases the blind spot is the biggest consequence because certainly you are going to lose money but the question is is it a lot of money or is it a little money and if you don't know you don't know how much you have to lose and that is scary as hell in supply chain and you know and as greg cornett said you know with with the last two years of what's been going on we've seen the consequences in spades of not having enough data and of having blind spots and right. what could happen
1: excellent point excellent point all right we're gonna to come to greg Cornette next i'm gonna share a couple of comments first chedley's talking about of course he's echoing uh efficient decisions is what the integrated data approach gives you t-square when it comes to consequences lost opportunities absolutely aaron talks about having a lack of integration Creates information silos that make it hard to get a complete picture of how your business is performing, which doesn't help you out, of course. And then finally, let's see here. Rowett asks a question, and maybe we can fa- we can kind of bake your answer into the rest of the conversation. He's, he's talking about how this fast data integration, all this digital transition, is it going to accelerate in the coming future? And he's referencing some of the generational transfer. So maybe we'll bake our answers into the rest of the conversation. Okay. So Greg Cornett. One of my favorite questions that we're going to pose here today is your why, you know, what was your why? Now, you, in know, pre-show, you were talking about kind of for six months, you, your team was kind of considering some different approaches, and then you took that step and walked through the door. So kind of walk us through that, if you would.
0: So we, we have a fairly sophisticated supply chain, um, a lot of milestones, uh, have a ERP that's going to project a lot of data, not always in consistent formats. And we were really looking for a partner that could tie all those things together. And frankly, if I was looking at this type of solution five years ago, I don't, I don't think it existed. I don't think there was a, an opportunity out there for a partner that could tie it all together. So as we were going through our assessment, um, our it was very clear to us when we were going through that RateLinks gave us the best opportunity to merge systems, to provide the data in a clean format and in a consistent format. So it was a fairly easy decision and you know we're just starting at the beginning stages I, i've been very happy with where we're going i think it gives us the best opportunity for success moving forward it's not going to cure all the ills because that is only good as the source that it's coming from so you know, i i believe we're also as we have the data and you don't know what you don't know um, as we go through that it's going to help to make our organization more efficient also uh, just really through the integration excellent point
1: that phrase always gets some high fives from from the cheap seats cuz it's so it's so true greg as a quick follow up greg cornette talking about the speed of transformation the speed of digital transformation do you feel it's only going to be accelerating in in the
0: months and years ahead absolutely um, yeah. it's when the uh, cat when the cat's out of the bag um, it, it doesn't go back in and so yeah. you know we've been dealing with pandora's box for the last 3 years and and if anything i, I think it's going to make the companies that can compete, and competing is with the data and leading with the truth, um, those companies are going to have the best opportunity for success, um, but we're not going back to where we were even three, four years ago. Um, the pace is going to continually increase, and um, mm. you know, when we, we talk about it, it's, you know, our, our customers take us to different places, and what are you going to do to react to meet that need? And in the example of rate links, I think it gives us the best opportunity to succeed.
1: Wow. Okay. So Greg White, I'm going to pass you here in just a second uh, as we kind of go back to Shannon. But he mentioned a cat out of the bag and a cat's not going back in willingly. It always reminds me of one of my favorite quotes of all time by Mark Twain, who says, a man carrying a cat by the tail learns something that he can only learn in that way. And I probably butchered that quote a little bit, but anyway, good old Mark Twain. So Greg White, where are we going? (laughs) We're going next with this panel here.
2: Well, I mean, we've talked a lot about the getting accurate and complete and timely data and how critical that is to what, you know, what Greg wanted to accomplish with his company, what everybody frankly wants to accomplish with their company. We know it's a challenge, right? We know it's a challenge to get those things. And Nate, to your point, sometimes you, and Greg, you mentioned this also, sometimes you have to live with less than optimal data. That's the nicest way I can say it, but it becomes an evolution, right? Once you recognize, once we know what we didn't know before, then we start to we start to adapt that and and improve it over time. And and by the way, this whole notion of not going back to where we were, you know, it's earnings season for the big public companies right now. And they continue for the most part to produce record profits. I think the companies, as Greg Cornette just talked about, the companies that are embracing technology, that are that are enhancing their data capabilities, they are finding efficiencies that they didn't have before because they felt their margins were sufficient before. Well, when those margins got crushed during COVID, they acted quickly. Many of them acted quickly to enhance their technology. And now they're actually making money. And again, to Greg, to your point, they're not going to go back to their old blindsided ways of of doing things. And it's it's paying off, literally paying off in increased earnings. But for, aside from all that so we know that getting there is tough right you've got to, you've got to get complete data you've got to get it in a timely fashion and you want it as clean as possible but Shannon you you and I have talked about this a lot and you've been doing this well for a while i don't want to say a long time but you've been doing this for a while so uh, so what do you what have you seen as the challenges as people try to undertake this data integration initiative
4: I mean, I guess the biggest biggest challenge that we see is about the the different types of systems that are out there. Because you know, in in supply chain, like it or not, um, supply chains always kind of been behind from a system perspective. You know, we talk about integrated data, like it's this new thing. It's not new at all. Right. They've been using it on the sales and marketing side for longer than we know. And that's what usually drives the companies is the marketing and sales side. You know, get all the data together. Let's see how things are performing. And then, okay, let's put more of that product out there or, hey, do this type of uh, marketing event again because it really worked well. But then on the supply chain side, everybody's just like, yeah, whatever, man, just, just move freight. Just get it moving. Yeah. You know, the old strategy was just yell louder. You know, isn't that, isn't that how you do everything? You just yell more. Uh, And, you know, that's how it was, you know, back when I started uh, in the industry. It was just a lot of it was it was brutal, to say the least. So I'd say that that's the challenge is the systems that that we are integrating with were never built for this at all. So the real timeliness of things has to be um, has to be faked a little bit. Um, in order to mm-hmm. get what we're looking for. And then, you know, the, the one thing that I think is is not thought about very much is that our system has to, to manufacture a lot of data. You know, you know, one of the things we talk about is, you know we're we're definitely on the service side with our customers, but we're also on the manufacturing side. And, and our system manufactures a lot of missing data points that helps fill the gaps because the the old systems just don't have it. So that's Mm -hmm. where you can take you can take all these pieces uh, from these systems, put it all together. You're still going to have gaps. And that's where our system has bridged those gaps, filled those gaps by manufacturing the data that's missing. You know, we talk about, you know, what don't you know? And the biggest thing that that people don't know is how much their decisions are costing them. How do you know that if you don't manufacture that data? It's not like it's sitting in their system today that says, oh, I I could have made this decision and it would have saved me five dollars or it would have saved me one hundred dollars. They don't know because the systems that that they have were never built with that in mind. So right. That's part of the manufacturing that we have to do. So I think that's that's the challenge. It's the old older systems out there not built for this. And then that's where, you know, you got to manufacture
2: some data. And that's that's the magic, I think.
1: So Greg White. Shannon, uh, you're
2: very polite. <laughs> I'll say it, it's the ERP <laughs> systems, right? I mean, the ERP systems were built when we didn't even have the expectation of the robust data that we have today. And systems like yours and others in supply chain, as supply chain has moved from what you describe as kind of a brute force industry to a much, much more intellectual and scientific industry, you you all and other technologies have captured that data, recognizing the robustness and the value in that data. And then you have to impart that knowledge back to a system that has no place to hold it and really can't do much with it. Mm. So I think the key there, Scott, is the discussion around the manufacturing, the generation, of data because there is such a dearth of, of data, a data dearth, if you will, out there. Uh, not because these, the solutions, and you know how I'm, what a big fan of ERP I am, right. not because those solutions are inept, but because they were built so long ago, there wasn't even the expectation that there could be robust data to help us make these decisions. And that's what's opened the door for all of these new, relatively new technologies particularly in supply chain. And now, again, to go back to Greg's point around around COVID, now that people recognize supply chain as, as important as sales, they're starting to use very similar, and in some cases, the same data that they use for sales and marketing input to inform supply chain decisions. So that's yep. super powerful. Nate, I know you're dying to jump in here. Either that or you are really intently <laughs> building a a proposal for a client. So <laughs> give us your give us your your uh, your thoughts around yeah, that.
3: I, I mean, ERPs, yeah. I think that's the struggle, systems and the challenge that we run into and in having discussions that we could have. A, a lot of shippers, many, you know, retailers, manufacturers, global distributors, a lot of those guys are coming, you know, to companies like Links and finally I think realizing that one they're not built for this. Uh, you know, but two the, that there are the ERPs out there or the guys that are in, you know, massive MA right now. And the yeah. hard part is, you know, it's great that they all from a marketing standpoint can say they have this integrated solution, but none of that stuff's integrated. And how long is it going to take for some of these big, you know, global ERPs that are buying all these things to try to have an end to end. Uh, procure-to-pay solution from execution, procurement, all the way to payment, it's an ever-daunting task and it'll probably never happen. So I think how do you become data-driven? Most of the time, the systems that you have in place from an execution side, I mean, are they broke? I don't know. Maybe you can augment them. But what Mm -hmm. we realize is that you don't have to blow something up if you take a data-driven approach and you very quickly can, you know, again, know what you don't know realize that there's some opportunities that you can very quickly go focus on that are going to pay for themselves and more you know as one guy in the industry says everything that he does has to pay rent Mm -hmm. so how do you every opportunity if you had you know a kpi that's saying this is what you're losing this is your opportunity now you and your team can go see hey what's what should we go focus on in the next three months? Because we know there's only three to five probably that you can do in a year. So um, I don't know. <clears throat> systems, lack of integration in systems, people thinking TMS is a, a visibility tool where it's like it's really not. It might not even be your problem. But I think leaders are finally with the light being shown on supply chain. I think they're finally waking up to the fact that, oh, I'm now held accountable. So I better have. You know, good, clean data that's not just telling me where my opportunities are, but something that I can hang my hat on, uh, you know, so I know I'm going to get a win.
1: Yep. Hey, really quick, Greg, if I can interject for a second and yeah. before we start talking barriers that might prevent uh, progress being made. And maybe we start with Greg Cornette there with barriers. But before we do that, we should say hello to one of our favorites around here, Sylvia Judy, tuned in from Charleston. Of course, she's a, vib- she's a member and a leader in that vibrant supply chain community they've got across Charleston, uh, looks like she's running between meetings and and uh, is also issuing a welcome to uh, CB uh, CBP Port Director Clay Thomas, new leadership there it looks like in Charleston. And one other thing I'd add, uh, again before we start talking barriers, is going back to what Shannon said about manufacturing the data. It, re- it reminds me, I don't know about y'all, back in the eighties, it was either pregu or ragu, the pasta sauce had a commercial that said it's in there, right? It's in there. But to Shannon's point, you don't have all you need. And if you're not using the right technology, you can't even create all that you need to realize just how much you're missing the boat. So, so kid of the eighties, that's what came to my mind,
2: but great, okay. let's go all the way back to, you can't bleed a stone. I mean, you can't get data out of a system that, you know, as Shannon has said, wasn't built to, to maintain or produce or, or process it. So, uh, you know what Nate was describing is this n- sort of new age process maybe in the last 10 years to Shannon's point late, we're late kind of l- latecomers as supply chain but it's been happening for decades in in other industries where people will instead of ripping out the old ERP which is kind of the core data for a bunch of portions of the system. Right. They're layering data layers on top of it to integrate with solutions like rate links and others so that they can go really, really deep in terms of functionality and capability for things like TMS and, and other capabilities without having to rip out the core accounting or finance system. So mm-hmm. but let so let's let's do Greg, let's surprise you, Mr. <laughs> Cornette, with a question. I mean, I, you have experienced this most recently, and you spoke to it in your comment before. What are some of the barriers? <clears throat> this has to be fresh, fresh in your mind that you've faced in trying to get integrated data, clean data, timely data. Can you share a little bit of it because you've had this recent experience?
0: I have this recent experience all the time. So, <laughs> so, so it's first, it's it's the systemic issue. So we we've talked about. No, the ERPs aren't built for this. Um, that's one part. Um, but then you start getting into the other very real parts, which are the cultural parts and the process parts. And so I, th- I think that the fork in the road, which which we haven't gotten to yet with Great but we will, is um, do you take the TMS <clears throat> and do you try to bend it around your existing processes or <clears throat> are you gonna adjust your processes to fit within what the TMS can do to maximize its capabilities. And I think that's the fork in the road that everyone faces um, as we start talking about data integration. And it's the choice what the organization's gonna have to make. Are you gonna maximize the technology or are you just going to <clears throat> take the technology and bend it into your existing processes? And it neither may work, but the, <clears throat> but the yield could be different depending on what decision you make.
2: That's an incredible insight because a lot of companies take whichever was, I can't remember if it was the former or the latter, a lot of companies take technology and bend it to their will, bend it to their current processes. And all they do is really, really bad processes that much faster. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and to your point, Greg, the yield, I believe, I have seen it in 1500 or so implementations of technology. I've seen it. It is dramatically better if, you use a sound technology that has a good process built into it, and you bend your processes to that, and also the the additional data and capabilities that are provided to you by these technologies. Now, I'm not saying trust the technology. I never say that to people, but they're you know they're usually to have a, pro- a technology be as effective as a rate links or you know or other techs out there, they have to have a sound process. And they have to have collected the appropriate data and automated it to the appropriate extent. And it is always in my experience, better to, to bend to the will of the, of the new process. Let's forget about the technology, bend to the will of the new process, rather than try to automate what you were doing before.
1: Hmm. Well said. Uh, and Greg Cornett, appreciate you sharing some of those aspects of your journey every day as you as you uh, spike the football on. Let's get Shannon, Greg. Let's get Shannon maybe to weigh in on what he heard there from a barrier yeah. standpoint, and then we'll get Nate's take, and then we're we're going to be coming around the, the home stretch. A few other items, but Shannon, what did you hear there from a barrier standpoint? What are you seeing?
4: I don't know. The, 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 you're probably talking to the wrong person about a barrier. I don't really see. I don't have any <laughs> real. I don't know. To me, it's it's. Probably based on the experience it's not there's no real barriers to getting this now that things have changed so much in the last five years um you know the the biggest barriers you used to have would be around where are you going to store all this stuff Mm. how are you going to access it all and how is it ever going to get worked on fast enough so that way it's it's actually relevant and you know now with cloud and Things like that, all those barriers have been removed. Uh, so really, now I think it's just a matter of of companies putting together a plan and actually executing on it. You know, uh, you know, if you're going to be data driven, you got to do three things: uh, you got to collect data, <clears throat> you got to collect the right data, and then you actually have to use it to make decisions. Mm. So, you know, are you actually, you know, letting the data help you make decisions? or not you know it's all out there um so so i think that's the i think the barriers technical barriers that used to be around just don't exist anymore They've evaporated you, yeah you can take you Think it's more therapy. cultural
2: shannon yeah. i mean I
4: part of it you know it, i mean yes you run into it from time to time where there's there's some cultural issues but i, I really believe that those are going away I, I don't run into them as much as we used to um mm-hmm. You know, ten years ago, sure, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Everybody would, you know, they always are like, eh, you know, the data is just wrong. It's just wrong, and it's like, well, why is it wrong? And they're like, well, this one time, you know, and it's like they all have that
2: <laughs> that outlier, the, the exception, yes. right? That, yeah, right, yeah, one exception.
4: Then that's the problem with with humans yeah. uh, is we we have a lot of bias. When it comes to data and information, yeah. we remember things that didn't really exist. We're not really as We over
2: indexed we, Yeah.
4: Well, we're not as good as we think. And doggone it, we just get hungry some days, you know? <laughs> and that really wrecks <laughs> the decision-making process.
1: Yes, and, it does.
4: And I think that's why now the barriers of, you know, well, this person knew it all. Those, those barriers are gone. Companies realize yeah. they have to move faster. They have to be more accurate. And that's where I think it's now supply chain's time to finally get the resources that they've been looking for.
1: Agreed. It's like to, to one of your points, it's like shopping when you're hungry. You can't do that because it, it changes all your decision-making. Yeah. All right. All right. For the sake you of time. yourself
2: when you're hungry. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> your favorite Snickers commercial. Yes. I
1: love those Snickers commercials. Okay. you are making me really hungry, folks. Y'all got to stop. <clears throat> Let's move ahead for the sake of time because we got uh, some resources we want to share for folks. Really quick, Sylvia makes a great point here. All these amazing end to end ERP systems have never looked inside a customer's DC or warehouse to adjust variances. Dangerous disconnect, especially with the number one port, Shanghai, still under lockdown and the global supply chain is not recovering from the major disruptor called COVID 19 until 2024, at best, is what Sylvia says. Khalid, mm. Uh, poor quality data can lead to garbage in and garbage out. That old adage that we all know is so true, which all brings us to connect, uh, connecting and integrating. Let's talk about how long it takes that. And Shannon, we'll get your take here and then we'll get Nate's take. But how long does it take to connect and integrate and give us that, a, a realistic time to value?
4: Well, I'd say to, to get the data connected, you're looking at a few weeks, 30 days. You can get it all in there and working. And then to actually get value out of it, you're probably looking at ninety days. Um, Man, you know a lot of the. Well, again, everybody forgets that there's nothing. There's nothing that new. I mean, you know, like when you're, when you're on your streaming service and it's recommending stuff to you, it doesn't take very long for it to realize what your uh, favorites are. You know, mm-hmm. just like one of my one of my friends was talking to me about tiktok and he's like do you ever go on tiktok and all that he goes i think it knows me better than i know myself <laughs> <laughs> and and it's these algorithms now that are out there so now imagine with the supply chain data. think of all this data coming in after 90 days it's these tried and true algorithms it it has a pretty good picture as to what's happening it can pick out seasonalities it can understand uh, um, predictions better. Uh, so then 90 days you can get instant value mm. out of it. Mm. And then you think about six months, a year, two years, three years, it, it, it compounds. It's very exponential. Moving mountains at that
3: point,
1: Shannon, moving yeah. mountains at that point. Absolutely, um, Nick, uh, I'm sorry, Nate, I want to get you to weigh in on what you heard <laughs> Shannon there. I mean, you're on the front line and, and, and talking with a wide variety of business leaders, solving a bunch of issues <laughs> and really solving them quickly, gosh, 90 days and less. Nate, what's your take there on that realistic timeline?
3: Yeah, I mean, one, there's never been something that we've gone and sold that wasn't done that, um, unless someone's in the way on the other side. But even then, you know, you run into, you know, hey, IT's just not ready, IT's just not ready, they're building API hubs, (laughs) IT's not ready. And how many times, Shannon, have we been tasked from large retailers to large manufacturers to say, hey? just light this thing up, baby with yeah. <laughs> no it. Please do it with no it. And so we'll go start no it. And when they get around to it, if and when, then they can, but the business is the businesses can absolutely integrate their data and start getting value and they have a good kind <clears throat> of value in an ROI within 90 days. And uh, it, it can be done. It's just, mm-hmm. I was talking to a guy yesterday and, and he's like, man, even real estate, is trying to leverage this data to try to figure out where we go next and how, you know, from a routing standpoint and inventory and, you know, fulfillment and like, yeah, I mean, you connect the data and we find many internal organizations now are leveraging this data because supply chain, again, transportation data, supply chain data where, I mean, all of it is in one place so that you can finally leverage it, um, you know, faster decisions. So Mm. yeah, I would, Echo what
1: Shannon says and more. So, and uh, Greg Cornette, I'm gonna get you to weigh in here, and then uh, Greg White will, will get your final comment before we get into a resource. But Nate, we, we got to break out uh, from the um, the Hall of Fame of T-shirt isms, one of our, our favorite uh, group favorite of your comments uh, last time you appeared with us, because we're because really at the end of the day, in many ways, we're talking about just taking action, right? We're taking out all the head trash and all. We can't do this. We can't do that. We've got to have the will to, to take deliberate action, right? And yes, it's going to be disruptive and it's going to be just going to be new. It's going to be change, all those things that that the humans in us don't like, but we got to take action. So, Nate, last time you were with us, you, you challenged our listeners to put down the donuts, get out of the recliner and do something. And I love, I love that. that. Uh, I love so, that. Nate, thank you so much. And look great to have you back here. And appreciate what you're sharing. Greg Cornett. Uh, we've heard a lot here today, and of course, you're 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 in in it, doing it, making it happen. When we talk about you know that time to value, we talk about kind of the, the how soon can it be you know delivering real value to the organization, or just the any comments about the journey overall. What else would you add here uh, before we kind of come down the home stretch?
0: You know, to Nate's point. <clears throat> I, the the holdups are going to be internal within your organization. Uh, we're, we're still at the very much at the start with rate links. I, I'm seeing it already that it's going to be our challenge to keep pace with rate links. And and I'm very excited uh, to get the 90 days and beyond. Um, I'm very happy with the progress. There's an established process uh, that's flowing very well, and I and I think we're making good progress. So it's it's follow the lead and it's keep up, and that's that's the two biggest things that I would give.
1: Love that. Okay, Greg White, I'm coming to you, but before I do, hey, Craig Luxton, tuned in from Brisbane. Great to have you here today via LinkedIn. And this is Colleen. I really appreciate the feedback here, Colleen. I agree with you. a uh, Colleen Bansoff. Thanks so much for that feedback. Great to have you here today. There's a, it's a fascinating panel, uh, Greg White. You know, I love the yeah, there, there's a no nonsense element at play here with this these three three folks here. And I love it. It's it's frankness, it's authentic. It's like, matter of fact, why are we not doing this? Right,
2: Greg? It's exactly that. Why are we not doing this? I mean, this is where Shannon and I connect on so many (laughs) levels because from a supply chain technologist myself, right, I was always, and he and I started our companies roughly the same time. And, you know, I've often talked to, to you, Shannon, about how far ahead of the market I've always felt you were. I think, at least from an awareness standpoint, Greg, you can confirm this probably. The market is starting to catch up. They get it now. Mm-hmm. They understand that this isn't as hard as it has been made out to be. It isn't an ERP implementation, right? Even if you only have half the data, when you've got a technology that can fill in the gaps, you can at least get started. Do something, right? To mm-hmm. Nate's point.
1: That's right. Do something. Put down a Krispy Kreme. Get out and do something. Greg, was, I loving it.
2: I, I'm curious, Greg. It, it, was there a point where... I know I know your process of making a decision on this was probably uh, fairly lengthy but was there a point where you you just finally said we just need to do this right we've been thinking about it we've been talking about it we have reservations about making change right it's not about who your business partner but it's usually about your own organization what was kind of the trigger point where you said okay it's time
0: you know i, w- I would t- we had a very thorough vetting process for multiple reasons. And I would say probably the second time that we went through the demo uh, with Rate links that it, it, the light went on. And you know it, it's an exceptional demo and it really speaks to what the value you're going to get by making this commitment. And I feel like through the entire process that our, our, our questions were answered completely and clearly and, and in a way that anyone in the organization can understand them too. Doesn't have to be a supply chain expert. Um, can be anyone within the organization. So really, Mm. the the demos help, and I I think that's a very valid reason for links. Love that. Was
2: there a particular pain in your organization that was just driving you to do something? I mean, was it one thing or was it a multitude of things? I'm always curious about
0: that. it's a lot of things, but uh, I, I would say the, the number one that we're all struggling with right now is visibility, uh, especially during the last three years. That, that's been the straw that's broken the camel's back. But um, the really important parts are the ones that we're not even looking at pain points because again, we don't know what they are yet. And and those are really mm-hmm. the, the earnings and the costs um, because mm-hmm. those are not visible and they're way out of control right now.
1: Hmm. Not for long, right? Not for long, Greg. <laughs> That's the good news. There's lots of good news. I really appreciate how how, how frankly, how frank you all have approached the conversation here today and painted the picture of the opportunity that's sitting there right up under our nose. Uh, to our production team, hey, we're going to wrap with all five of us. So we won't be swooshing out uh, Greg, Nate, and Shannon out before we wrap. Big thanks, uh, by the way, to our production team, Chantel, Amanda, and Catherine for helping us make, do what we do. Okay. So, Nate Endicott, what I love, uh, I love how easy Rate Links has made this, right? and especially how easy they've made it to, to kick the tires. Check out a demo. I think we've got a link we can drop in the comments. But what would you say to that?
3: Yeah. I mean, there's many ways that people can, you know, connect with us. LinkedIn, sales at ratelinks.com. Uh, click the link below to book a demo. But, you know, it really, our search say Ratelinks, not don't rush me on paid by the hour. So <laughs> we move quick. It doesn't take nine months six months it does not take that long and you can absolutely add value in a very short time um, and even hit your bonus in 2022 and 2023
1: sounds hey that sounds music to my ears greg white
3: yeah i I, you know i think that's
2: that's another you know that's another facet of these new age technologies is that they are not slaves to the big four right where they they need the big four sells on behalf of these big erps so for the erps to sell they have to have a technology that produces a ton of services revenue and and that's not necessary and especially today it's not desired right you can do with virtual switches and dials what it used to take lines of code and weeks of analysis to do because there are so many use cases that have already been defined that you can build right into the technology and that's the beauty of of solutions like rate links and others is it is very rapid to deploy because they have made it switch driven. I mean that's grossly understating it, but you know it's it's every bit as configurable as an ERP, but it's not necessary to be customized, so it doesn't take all the time to do the same work. And that I mean that personally, again, this is another thing where Shannon and I you know, our minds meet is I believe that that is the way technology should be done. And I believe that's the way the incoming generations, which we've been talking about today, that's the way they expect it to be done. Plug it in and watch it run. Okay. Love it.
1: No hammers required to beat that technology into <laughs> the hole that's right. needed, right? Okay. Right. You don't need an army of <laughs> 400 consultants, right? Right. <laughs> All right. I love that. Uh, and, and, you know, an hour never does these conversations justice. I want to go around the horn before wrap and make sure folks know how to connect with this uh, incredible panel here. Folks, uh again to echo what Nate said earlier, there's a link to check out a demo. Uh it's conveniently conveniently there in the comments, one click away. Y'all y'all check that out. Greg Cornette, I uh, really appreciate as busy as you are. Appreciate your time here today. It's great to meet you. We R- really enjoyed our pre-show conversation. Completely agree with your super superhero recommendation. Uh for, I had forgotten about that series. So how can folks connect with you and uh Flair flexible packaging corporation?
0: So our company website is flarepackaging.com uh, We're a packaging provider without uh, throughout North America and South America. We'll be interested to contact, connect with you.
1: Outstanding. Doing a lot of good, uh, innovative customization, uh, packaging. I'll tell you, it's the name of the game these days. It's never been sexier perhaps, but Greg, I appreciate your comments here today and you will have to check out uh Flair flexible packaging uh how about uh, let's go to the rate links team shannon Valencourt will start with you how can folks connect with you and rate links
4: uh you know ratelinks.com and like nate said sales at ratelinks.com uh hit us up on linkedin and you know definitely hit the link book a demo
1: wonderful and uh speaking of links hey um, i bet you welcome uh comparing notes on the golf course with with any business leaders huh
3: let's go let's talk <laughs>
4: what, my, yeah, my son is graduating in a couple weeks and he's gonna be a you know in pgm so i have a oh wow a live-in coach for the rest of my oh, life
1: man <laughs> there you go i am jealous we all need a good golf coach yeah nate in let's go he says nate love what you bring to the table a lot of folks may not know that Nate was a former professional athlete. Uh, we'll have to save that for our Supply Chain Nerds Talk Sports segment. But how can folks connect with you, Nate? Sales at
3: raylinks.com, LinkedIn, message me. I think my phone number is even on LinkedIn. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm on, <laughs> on the board. Old, son. <laughs> But I uh, know, welcome conversations. We love helping people solve uh, complex problems in a very quick time. So appreciate Awesome. This.
1: Awesome. I appreciate that. Nate Endicott and Shannon Valencourt, both with rate Links. Of course, Craig, Greg Cornett, Flair Flexible Packaging Corporation. Thanks for your time as well. All right, Greg White, you get the final word here from this esteemed panel, passionate about driving change in supply chain. Your final thought.
2: Yeah, I mean, Rate Links is a hot mover, and as I've told many people many times on many of these shows, it only takes about 10 years to become an overnight success. So, I mean, it really does take a lot of expertise and knowledge in the industry. It takes a lot of drive in in terms of having strong values and principles around delivering solutions, delivering them rapidly, delivering value. I I know Shannon does not have any trouble sleeping at night because... (laughs) Uh, you know, I mean, seriously, he's built this technology. And, I, you know, we've had conversations, multiple conversations. If you want to listen, we have a bazillion episodes with Shannon and Nate on them. So so there's a lot that you can learn there. And and they do have, the, in my opinion, and I think many people's opinions in the incoming generations of leadership, they have the right attitude about technology. It is virtually appified enterprise class technology. So Appified. it makes it so much easier, so much quicker, so much quicker to value to the point that they they've all made here. Uh, it is the, you know, it's the new way to do technology and he's been doing it for more than a decade. So awesome. I love that. appify Learn new new vocabulary every day.
1: Um, okay. Yeah. Don't <laughs> check the,
2: please don't check the dictionary for that. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right, folks. Hey, hopefully you all enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Thanks for all the feedback we've gotten in the comments. Thanks for all the great uh, perspectives shared. Big thanks again to Shannon, Nate, and Greg. And, of course, Greg White. Love to have these conversations with you. Hey, whatever you do, listen to Nate. Right? Take action. Whatever you do, whether it's related to this or something else. Right? The pains aren't going away. It takes real action oriented leadership. And along those lines, on behalf of Greg White and our entire Supply Chain Now team, Scott Luton signing off for now, challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. With that said, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks,
0: everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com. And make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.